Hello, and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson bringing to you this week another episode in Faces of Fascism, a mini-series in which I chronicle the leading lights of the right-wing movement around the world. This week, I'm talking about somebody who is definitely not a fascist. This person is a conservative public intellectual who aids and abets fascism by virtue of his political stances. The guy I'm talking about is Ben Shapiro, an extremely prominent and influential right-wing commentator in the United States. Ben Shapiro essentially has the job that is my dream job. You know, he is a big public intellectual, extremely influential person, except that he is on the right wing. So he can just get billionaires to pay for him, whereas I need to ask you to go to Patreon and support me there. Incidentally, and this is just uh, some fun, weird little trivia, Ben Shapiro is actually first cousins with Hollywood actor Mara Wilson, who is most famous for playing people in her youth. You know, she's most famous as a child actor. She was the youngest kid in the movie Mrs. Doubtfire. She was also Matilda in the movie Matilda. Wilson and Shapiro are not on speaking terms due to their political influences and political opinions. She is an extremely leftist political person. Ben Shapiro was born in 1984, lol, in L.A., to a Jewish family whose ethnic and national origins are from Russia. By the time that Shapiro was an adolescent, his family had moved to an Orthodox synagogue. That is the version of Judaism that Shapiro continues to practice today. Ben Shapiro's parents were in L.A. because they worked in entertainment. His mother was a television executive and his father was part of a TV music composing duo. You know, they like wrote TV music and, you know, intro music, that kind of thing for television shows back in the 80s and 90s. Shapiro was extremely politically precocious. He wrote books and was a conservative political columnist when he was a teenager. He did extremely well in school. He skipped a couple grades. You know, he's really smart. He attended UCLA and then Harvard for law school. He went into a law practice but left it because he thought that it was boring and also because he wanted to try to make it as a political commentator, which is the job that he eventually landed and has held ever since. He entered the political commentary mainstream, like he got his first big, big, big success when he wrote a sort of Hollywood takedown book. He followed the early 2000s trend of, you know, writing a bunch of commentary books and getting on TV to talk about them, and then building his own little media empire, which is what he ultimately did. His first big conservative book was a Hollywood takedown book. Yes, that's right, a critique of the very industry that paid for his childhood and his parents' livelihoods. That was what he staked his political career on, on how Hollywood is turning all of young people into socialists. He parlayed this successful book series into a successful career as a right-wing columnist and propagandist. In 2012, he joined Breitbart as, quote, editor-at-large, making him one of the more important people in the conservative news and information world for quite some time. At Breitbart, he was working under Steve Bannon, who was developing Breitbart in the wake of the death of Breitbart, the person who founded the news website. Shapiro and Bannon had a lot of political disagreements, specifically because Bannon is basically a fascist. Like, you know, he believes in the clash of civilizations and like the need for Republicans to get working class support, whereas Shapiro is a much more standard right wing Republican. 
at Breitbart, they were at odds a little bit, especially around the figure and personage of Donald Trump. Shapiro called Bannon a bully who supported another bully, and that other bully being Donald Trump. Shapiro eventually left Breitbart, but before he did that, he founded Truth Revolt in 2013. This was an attempt at a right-wing sort of quote-unquote watchdog website, which didn't really go anywhere. However, this was a period of major, you know, career innovation for Shapiro. You know, he was trying to move in a lot of different directions and eventually in 2015 did what Truth Revolt failed to do. He founded in 2015 a website called The Daily Wire. This website continues to be an extremely important and successful conservative influencer website. He and his partners founded this website with funding from billionaires. You know, remember, they did not do this by themselves and they're not just doing it for themselves. They're doing it because billionaires like what they have to say because their perspectives support billionaires, right? The Daily Wire is an extremely important website, probably one of the most successful and viewed and shared online. Their market was especially and particularly Facebook-oriented. In 2021, they were found to be one of the most shared websites of all on Facebook. And remember, Facebook remains where a lot of people get their news, especially relatively older people, people who are millennials or older. That's where a lot of people get their news and their propaganda. And the Daily Wire was big in this. The Daily Wire was especially important for sharing fake news about the COVID-19 pandemic and also about election integrity, the Black Lives Matter movement, things like that. In addition to being a font for propaganda, the Daily Wire also engaged in some electoral and judicial activism. Specifically, they protested against the vaccine mandate under the Biden administration, which said that any company chartered in the United States with over 100 employees had to have a vaccine mandate. You know, this was an attempt to prevent the spread of the COVID-19 pandemic. The Daily Wire protested against this and actually sued their case went to the SCOTUS, went to the Supreme Court of the United States, and the Daily Wire won 6-3 to three, that they did not have to follow the vaccine mandate. Ben Shapiro personally supports the COVID-19 vaccine. He got it himself, but he thinks that it's government overreach to force people to get it. That's his perspective. The Daily Wire, which Shapiro continues to run, he continues to be the like co-founder and like editor emeritus, like, that's his positional title, it hosts a number of other important right-wing and conservative talk personalities including Steven Crowder, Matt Walsh, Candace Owens, Jordan Peterson, basically a bunch of other people that I could profile in this section of my podcast talking about important right-wing figures today. Ben Shapiro's podcast called The Ben Shapiro Show, extremely creative, Mr. Shapiro, is hosted on The Daily Wire and also is played on a bunch of talk news radio broadcasts and systems in the United States. It is one of the most popular podcasts and radio shows in the country right now. It's an extremely influential, well-listened-to show. And I am sorry to tell you that if you go on Apple Podcasts right now and you look at my podcast, The Ben Shapiro Show is one of the ones that shows up, I guess, because we are both white people talking into a microphone about politics. You know, I guess that's what, what the algorithm tells you that you might want to listen to. Please don't go listen to The Ben Shapiro Show. Politically... Shapiro rides the line between a libertarian and the far-right wing. As I said before, Shapiro is not a fascist himself. He merely works with and aids and abets the growth of fascism as a member of the extreme right wing. In terms of his own particular political beliefs, 
Shapiro believes that abortion should be banned entirely, with absolutely no exceptions whatsoever, with the sole exception if the mother carrying the child is going to die in the course of carrying the child to term. That's his only exception for abortion. This is including incest, it's including rape and sexual assault, it's including extreme teenage pregnancy to the point that it would like physically endanger the future health of the birthing person. So Shapiro is just opposed to abortion as such. He believes in capital punishment. He thinks that it's good civilizationally for there to be capital punishment. Ben Shapiro thinks that climate change isn't a big deal. He thinks that it's real. You know, he again rides that line. He's not somebody who says like, well, climate change isn't happening at all. Instead, he's one of those people who says like, well, climate change is probably happening, but it's not as if we can do anything about it. And it's probably just some natural causes stuff. You know, it's just like how the world works or, you know, it's it's just based on natural climactic changes and shifts and has nothing to do with human behavior. Shapiro famously said that if sea levels rose, people who live on the coasts would, quote, just sell their homes and move. Ben Shapiro is very much a supporter of Israeli violence against Palestinian people. He has made many comments saying that Palestinians and all Arabs like to live in filth and sewage. Those are his quotes. He says that they believe in destruction and bombs and death, whereas Israelis like to build things. Again, this is his perspective. It's a ridiculous and just atrociously racist one. And it's really astonishing to me that somebody who claims to be a smart, considerate person would actually believe that. Speaking of other things that Shapiro believes, that it's just like astonishing that a smart, considerate person would believe, Ben Shapiro believes that homosexuality and transsexuality are mental diseases. He is on record having said that homosexuality should not have been removed from medical records, uh, that it should not have been removed from the set of, you know, potential diagnoses that a psychiatrist or a psychologist could pursue in treating a person. He has said the same thing about transsexuality and gender nonconforming activity and behavior and presentation in general. Ultimately, this means that Ben Shapiro believes that any sexuality other than heteronormative sexuality, presumably like the one that he practices, is an illegitimate way to live, that it is a medical and psychological problem, that I guess he wants to be treated by, you know, by, by, by what? In previous times when we, as a civilization, have treated people, and by treated, I treated is in big scare quotes here, in which we have treated people with non-heteronormative sexual and gender perspectives, when we have treated those people, quote-unquote, medically, that has resulted in systems of chemical castration and also genocide, like murdering people who have non-normative sexualities. Shapiro also believes that racial injustice is largely over in the United States and the United Kingdom. He thinks that black people just sort of need to get over the past of racial violence and racial oppression in the United States, and that this is essentially in the past, and that reparations are ridiculous, and that, you know, people should just understand that at this point we are all equal, and we can all just move on, and I guess, you know, in his case, pander to billionaires and get massive amounts of money in order to support our personal ambitions. I guess that's his vision for change in the world. Something that makes Shapiro a very interesting political commentator, in addition to the fact that he's an extremely popular and prominent one, is his relationship with the rest of the right wing. Shapiro is, in many ways, a bulwark against the extreme fringes of the right wing, against the actual fascistic movements 
on the right wing in the United States. Ben Shapiro has been largely critical of Donald Trump since the beginning, right? Ben Shapiro said in 2016 that he wasn't going to vote for Donald Trump. He wasn't going to vote for Clinton either, but he thought that Donald Trump was a demagogue and that he was going to turn the right wing in the wrong direction. And he was also skeptical of Donald Trump's ability to enact general conservative policies. In 2020, he said that he would support Donald Trump. A, he claimed, because the Democrats had, in, in his mind, gone completely insane. That's, that, that's a quote from him again. But also because it turned out that the things that Donald Trump actually was relatively successful in doing were just pretty standard conservative politics, right? He supported a bunch of conservative justices, he pushed through a lot of conservative legislation, and he was relatively successful at maintaining a conservative political system in the United States. He didn't really do all that much else. Aside from Donald Trump, Ben Shapiro has often been extremely and openly critical of the rest of the extreme right in the United States. This is especially when it comes to the fascistic extreme right, from the alt-right back in the 2010s up until the present with Nick Fuentes. This is partly because he is a true believer conservative, right? He believes that fascism is wrong. He thinks that small government conservatism and like, you know, the, the American way is the, the right way to go. This is also because Ben Shapiro is Jewish, and a lot of the extreme right wing, especially the fascistic extreme right wing, is very, very openly anti-Semitic. People like Richard Spencer or Nick Fuentes are very clear about their hatred for Jewish people, and Ben Shapiro, who is very openly and proud of his Jewish heritage, is opposed to this perspective and thinks that it is cruel and wrong, uh, one of the only things that he and I would agree on. Ben Shapiro will probably continue to be an extremely influential part of the right wing. It really will go down to, we're, we're just going to have to see, like, whether his particular brand of, like, fascist light conservatism, you know, just like sort of American authoritarianism, will win out on the right wing in the United States, or if it's going to be Nick Fuentes, if it's going to be an openly fascistic right wing on the United States. If the latter is true, Ben Shapiro will probably lose a lot of power on the right wing in the United States and also in the world. All right, that was 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. Please leave a review on whatever it is you're listening to this on. Check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash 15 minutes of fascism. That's 15 minutes of fascism spelled out in all one word. That's also where you can reach me on Gmail, 15 minutes of fascism at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at Hist of the Right, that's H-I-S-T of the Right, and Fascism15. Thanks very much, and I'll talk to you Thursday.